And because it's so important, we, we are going to split it. So um, Danny will put the notes up today, and they will, if you'd like to go uh, and get ahead, we'll finish it next week. Um, it's talking about false prophets. And uh, boy, we have that on every angle now, from political to uh, religion to everything. You know, it comes out something every day. They've been lying. Somebody's been lying. That's false. And, uh, I mean, I hate it. It's everywhere. So we've got to learn how to discern. That means, okay, well, surely the preacher wouldn't lie to us. Yeah, they will. Surely the president wouldn't lie to us. Yes, he will. Surely the governor wouldn't lie to us. Yes, he will. They do. We're catching them red-handed. They just don't do anything about it. You know, that's the bad part. What good is it for them to keep telling us all this stuff? We found the truth. Why? You ain't going to do anything with it. Uh, political's next week. I'm sorry. We'll deal with political aspect of it next week because it is political. Everything, in, everything political affects our life every day. It does. Uh, anyway, good to see you today. If you're our guest, good to have you with us. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for freedom uh, to be here today and for your word that is true. Father, help us as we analyze it to see how it applies to us and how we discern right from wrong, theologically as well as daily in our life. Father, thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, in Matthew, if you, everybody understands this picture, right? You do see what's going on there, right? That's a wolf in sheep's clothing. Looks kind of real, though, doesn't it? It looks like it, well, that, that sheep's just got a long face. No, it's not a sheep. That's what Jesus is talking about. That's what he says in, in these verses. Beware of false prophets. You could put preachers in our context. So it would be preachers. Beware of false preachers who come to you in sheep's clothing. But inwardly they are raving wolves. You shall know them by the fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth bad fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth bad fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down, cut down, and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits you shall know them. That's one of the things we'll really hone in on next week is how do we really know who is a false prophet or preacher because remember a great counterfeit looks so much like the real thing you had to do a lot of analyzing to make sure it's a counterfeit or make sure it's the real thing and that's exactly what it is here you have to you know remember what last week we we're talking about back in a six foot trailer through a six and a half foot gate you have three inches on each side you have to pay attention or you'll break your lights off or you'll break your fenders off. Something will get torn up. And that's what this is. Because they dress up, and that is the devious part of it, and that's the deception part of it, and that leads to the damnation part of it. That's why it's so bad is because they look so much like the real thing. If you're not paying attention, you'll follow the wrong thing. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. There's a lot of people doing things. You say, oh, my goodness, sure enough, yeah, they're on the right track. And he said, no, they're not. No, just because, why? 
But he that doeth the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say. He says that already a couple of times in this paragraph. Many. Many will say to me in that day, Lord. He's talking about the judgment day. When everybody stands before him one-on-one. And you answer for your life in front of him. And you can't hide anything. You know, you think you see things on your phone. Where do you see your life on about a hundred by hundred screen? And you will say, oh, I didn't do that. And he said, boop, and there it is. And also your thoughts are there at the same time. So you can't, you can't run from it. He says, what? In that day, they'll say, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? We preached in your name. Prophesy doesn't mean telling things that hasn't happened yet. You look at the context of that word. It, it would mean in the Old Testament, prophesying might mean that, okay, God is telling them something that's going to happen in the future that hasn't happened yet because the canon is closed and because God's revelation is over. Prophesying does not mean someone's giving you something brand new. If somebody comes along and says, oh, yeah, we have a brand new thing, then you automatically know that's wrong because the Scripture was closed. You know, God doesn't give anything new. But something might come along that somebody can help you understand something already there. That's prophesying. Preaching in your name. By your name. Many will say that. And by your name, we cast out demons. You know, this is important. Jesus never said, oh, no, you didn't do that. It's evident that's exactly what's going on. Just because you see a miracle doesn't mean God's in it. You know, the devil has power beyond comprehension. He has miracles. He can do miracles. He has demonic forces. So they said, oh, we even cast out demons. So Jesus never said, oh, no, you didn't. Oh, no, no. He's assuming, or we're assuming from the context, yeah, okay, it did happen. And by thy name, we did mighty works. We healed somebody by your name. And then I will say unto them, I don't know who you are. Depart from me into everlasting damnation you know you're not part of it main thing is that is not how you get in heaven by doing a miracle you know that's not it uh, that's what he's saying that ye that work iniquity he says watch out beware that's a serious word <laughs> you know there's all kind of false things that go on i, I was reading in reader's digest a few years ago bless her heart the waiter at the dairy queen this man pulled up in uh, uh, was in Kentucky, and he ordered about two dollars worth of food. And the guy in the drive-through gave the lady a two hundred dollar bill with the president's uh, picture on it, President uh, Bush. And she took it, gave him his order, and gave him one hundred ninety-eight dollars back. So the police was wondering, who do we hold accountable? The guy who did this or the lady who didn't have enough sense to look at the thing and say, not everybody gets their picture on their money right away. It's fake. He said, nobody would do that. Yeah, they would. No, you know, nobody would misread and, and follow a false prophet. Some of you old enough remember Jonestown, Jim Jones, Guyana. That's the ultimate picture of a false prophet. You know, if you read, there was a book written right after that, and the guy had interviewed people that had escaped and gotten out of that before. You know, about 912 people died there. Uh, some of them willfully, some of them they said was forced suicide. Cyanide mixed with Kool-Aid. 
because uh, people were starting to investigate them. But he, he wrote this book, and he tried to realize, he tried to understand why would people follow this guy? You know, you have Harvard, uh, Stanford law graduates that were following this guy that happened to get out of it, but how did that happen? And he tried to explain, you know, he did this, and he did this, and he did this, but, I mean, it was, uh, he was a false prophet. He proclaimed to be Jesus, basically. Uh, and in 78, when uh, Representative Ryan and some people went over to investigate, they killed him before they got on the plane. Remember that? Because the word was about to get out. I mean, you're talking about a false prophet. That was extreme. David Koresh. I mean, we're not going to really name a lot of people today currently till next week. <laughs> but then we're going to name some currently next week that are around us. They're false prophets. And that's exactly what he's talking about. He says, watch out for them. They've always been a problem. You know who the first one was? Satan. What did he say to Eve? Oh, did God say that? God didn't say that. You know, he, it was a half-truth, but a half-truth is a whole lie. So he started it, and Jesus, how many times did he accuse his own people? He said, no, no, you are your father, the devil, for he has been a liar, false, from the beginning. So it's always been around. It was in the Old Testament. It was in Jesus' day. It's in our day. But the main thing is, and here's the thing, he's not writing this to the false prophets. He's writing it to the people who would be listening to the false prophets, which would be you. You say, well, you're the preacher, so he's not writing it to you? No. He's not writing it to me as much as he's writing it to you who are listening to me to make sure that if, if a wheel starts to run off with me, that you recognize it. You say, wait a minute. What's going on here? So, uh, you know, he's not writing it to the false prophets. He's writing it to everybody else that would be listening to the false prophets. You know, it would be me if I'm listening to other preachers. And, you know, this is going to sound arrogant. There's not many preachers I listen to. I, I mean, I used to every now and then, but there's got to be so much garbage, I just kind of quit. You know, and uh, I used to listen to a lot. And there's some good preachers out there. Please don't misunderstand that. But my time frame in that is I, I just don't have as much time uh, to listen. I do a lot of reading, so that's where I get my listening from. I read, and I'm very selective at who I read because I don't waste my time on a moron out there who doesn't know their name, you know, and you don't need to do that either. You need to be careful who you listen to. But that's what he's talking about, false. There have always been a problem. That's not new. It's been from day one. They were in the Old Testament. They were in Jesus' day. He says in Matthew chapter 24, in the, the study, Danny's going to go ahead and put it up so you can take the time and look through it if you want to before next week. There's a lot of verses and things in there we won't get to today, but you'll have them in case you want to look at them for uh, being ahead of the game. And they're still with us. And it's very, very difficult because they're right among us, you know, like, like the men in black. Remember that movie? All those aliens were right among us, and we didn't know it. Why? They were disguised. Not that I believe that that was a true deal, all right? Please don't understand that ain't what I'm saying. But you, you, you get the picture, right? They're right among us. They're always among us. That's exactly what John said. Remember what John said in writing his letter? He said, listen, the Antichrist are already here, 
and they will be coming, and he's not talking about the final Antichrist that will be at the end of time, but he says anybody that's against God as an Antichrist, he said they're already here. So it's not, it's not brand new. They're right among us. It's amazing who writes books and gets away with it. <laughs> These come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly, there's a deception. They're putting on a show, and they're, they're looking like this, but they're not that. You know, how many of you have ever been deceived in how that feels? By whatever, by somebody who's selling you something, what, whatever deception's about. You know, it might be religious, might not be religious. You know, how do you feel after you realize that somebody lied to you and, and deceived you? It's not a good thing. And that's exactly what he says. It's ferocious. It's destructive. You know, the wolf was the greatest enemy of the sheep in Palestine in that day. That's what you had to watch out for. We were talking about it, and I, I messed it up. I, I got to talking about the chickens, and, you know, the sheepdog was Sam. You remember on the cartoon how he was, you know, how the, the wolf was always coming up dressed up like a sheep, and Sam would squash him, you know, right there at the last minute? He stayed on top of it. it, it wasn't it funny? They always quit at five. Remember the horn blowing? The, the, the wolf would quit, and he'd go home, and the dog would quit. And he'd go. That's no way that works in real life. The devil is always working in something in somebody to try to deceive us. Uh, while you're sleeping, he's still working. In Matthew 24, Jesus said this, Many false prophets will appear. Many. And will deceive many people. So here's the danger. Remember last week was two gates. You're going through a gate, and that gate's going to be either narrow here at the beginning and then open it real, real wide, or it's going to be real, real wide and easy to get into and real easy to walk it, and then it's going to get real, real narrow. And the end of each one of those is different. One is bliss and one is damnation. So what you have is you're at this gate, and you have these false prophets standing at the gate. They're trying to get you to go through the wrong gate. So you see how that works? That's why you have to be careful. Because if you fall at the wrong prophet, you will go through the wrong gate, and the end is destruction. We'll come to that next week at the end when he says that, you know, that's where it's going to come down. So that's why it's important that you make sure that you take the time. And, you know, uh, you can. There, and, and, again, ne next week we'll really, really talk in more detail about how exactly do we know. Jesus said it pretty quick. He said, you will know them by their fruits. You know, I'll just get a little bit ahead. You know, in our earliest writings from a Christian perspective called the Didache, there was a, a, a guideline on how to, how to focus and how to uh, see a false prophet. You know what the first rule was? If they ask for money, you know they're a false prophet. Boy, that would do away with their television ministry, wouldn't it? Huh? That's exactly what it says. That's, that's their guideline. We'll look at it. It's, it'll be in print if you go ahead and look at it ahead this week. Paul talked to the church in Ephesus, church that he started. This is what he says. He warns them and he knows that it's going to happen in their church fellowship. This is what he says. I know that after I leave, savage wolves, savage wolves, be like a wild dog extremed, you know, a wolf, a savage wolf, will come in among you. And not spare the flock. Destroy it. You know, it doesn't take long for a fox to obliterate a chicken flock. Uh, you know, you've had that. Uh, Ruth was telling me, y'all had that already. 
It's a constant battle you got to uh, deal with. Something's always coming in and trying to do that. That's exactly what he said. Even from your own number. What does that mean? Our own church people. You have to watch it. You know, everybody and the brother has two ideas on how something should be done, right? Hello? Oh, yeah. And that's exactly what he says. Even among your own people, you have to be careful because, my goodness, they wouldn't do anything misleading. Yeah, they will. You have to watch it. Will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. It's always been there. That's what the devil was doing. That's what you see in the Old Testament. That's what we have now. We have them all over the place right now. And they do it all in the name of Jesus, you know. Well, surely he's a preacher. He wouldn't lie. Yes, he will. He will. How many times do we catch them lying? And some of them are intentional. Sometimes they, I don't know how you lie by mistake. How do you do that? Do you all know how that works? You might have some misinformation. Boy, that's the big word, isn't it? Don't put it on Twitter. They'll kick you. Oh, I know Elon's there, so now you can tell the truth and it'll be all right. But how you, how you mistakenly lie? Well, you can do it by making a mistake not to investigate something before you tell it. <laughs> I remember that happened one time. This lady had lied against us, and uh, we confronted them by a witness who had received some wordage. So I went to him. I said, did you know? And I held up this piece of paper that had her name on it. That said all these bad things about me. I said, did you know that I could prove in a court of law that this is a bold-faced lie? Well, no. I said, did you check it out? Well, I didn't think the lady who told me would lie. Well, she did. How do you mistakenly lie? <laughs> you can do it by just being lazy and not investigate what you're passing on. That's called gossip. Right? So you have to be careful. So I guess you could mistakenly lie, but it's not a normal thing. And draw away the disciples after them. We always want somebody to follow us, right? Be on your guard. Remember that for three years, Paul says. Three years I warned you. I never stopped warning each of you. Day and night, it broke my heart knowing these savages would come and try to destroy the flock. I've tried to warn you for that. You know, you know when's the last time we ever thought about my goodness, you need to make sure what the preacher's saying, he can be telling us a lie. Me. You know, a tire could run off. If you're paying attention, you say, whoa, wait a minute. What's going on there? You know, you should. You should be paying attention. You don't just take what I say without me verifying it through the Scripture, you know. And here's the way that works. You have the Scripture. You have people that stand over the Scripture and manipulate it. This is what we say it says. That's going on in leaps and bounds right now in this gender-crazy world. That's what's going on. You have people to come down here beside the Scripture, and our ideas are equal to what it says. And then the right it is we get under the Scripture, and we hold it up, and we let it speak for itself. And that's what that is. But you have the top two, or they go on all the time. You know, my ideal, I, I know as much as Jesus knew. Ain't that right? Andy Stanley, he's a great one at that, isn't he? Well, we don't need the Old Testament anymore. We don't need the Bible to tell us how to be saved, then how are you going to be saved? If God doesn't disclose how to be saved, how do we, get, how do we know how to be saved? We'll talk about him a little bit more next week. <laughs> he's a 
He's an apostate in my book. You know, basically, when you look at what he, okay, I said next week, not, not today. You're standing in front of those two gates, and you stand there. False prophets are trying to get you to go through their gate. But remember what we said last week? The gate they're trying to get you through does not say hell. It says heaven. And they think they're going to heaven. So they're trying to get you to go through their gate to go to heaven, but it ends up ending up in hell because they are false prophets. Oh, it looks pretty. It looks good. Oh, surely, my goodness, they teach Sunday school and they do this and all this great stuff. Surely they couldn't be misleading us. It looks good on the surface. That's why it's hard. You know, that's why it's hard to discern. It takes a little bit more analyzing. It takes more paying attention because, you know, uh, everything that glitters is not gold. You, you have to pay attention. And that's what he's saying. Beware. There's deception out there, and it leads to damnation. False prophets are not uncommon in the Bible. Satan was the first. We, we, we're going to look at just a, a, a few of them real, real quick. Deuteronomy. You remember what Deuteronomy was? It was the second giving of the law. Moses gave him the first one in Exodus when they're getting out of the promise. I mean, they're getting out of Egypt, and some time passes, and, and they kind of lose touch, you know, through the wilderness. So now they're coming in, about to go through to, to the promised land. So he said, i got to remind you of all this stuff. That's what Deuteronomy is. If there arise among you a preacher, prophet, for then it was prophets, because God spoke directly to them. They didn't have a written word in their hand. They were going over what God disclosed to the prophet, and then the prophet disclosed it to the people. If there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer. You ever heard any preachers that were dreamers? And gives a sign. He does a miracle. He even does a miracle. Or a wonder. Something amazing. Oh, man, he's got to be from God. Remember? Everything miraculous is not from God. The devil has all kind of power, and he has ability to do all kind of things. We'll see next week. He says, he comes as an angel of what? Light. Oh, he looks shiny and bright, and that's got to be God. Oh, no, it's the devil. And the sign or the wonder comes to pass. It happens. He says, oh, I'm going to do this, and he does it. You say, well, my goodness. He just verified it. He's from God. Whereof he's spoken to you and said, even if what he says comes to pass. You know, if he says, oh, yeah, this is going to happen on this day, and it happens. He says the stock market's going to fall in December of 2024, and, and, and it happens. You know, it happens, and it happens. And then he says, let us go after other gods. Don't listen to him. Don't hearken unto the words of that old prophet. You shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments. That's exactly right. What does that mean? We have to be careful. There's a lot of things that go on that people attribute to God that God has nothing to do with whatsoever. Why? Because when you start breaking it down, you, you see, wait a minute. How is God exalted in that? How does God get glory from that? That sounds like that's getting Benny Hinn praise. Not God. You know, that's padding Benny Hinn's pocket. Not God, not God's. You know, that's one of the things we'll see. So what is a false prophet? A true prophet has two things, always. A divine commission, God called them. There's a lot of people that call themselves. 
You ever been in theological seminary? Boy, there's a lot of them. They call themselves. They do? Were you judging them? Yeah, I am. When you start listening to what they say, you say, wait a minute. What, what does that mean? And then what? A divine message. What did he tell Amos? What did he tell Moses? Moses said, oh, no, I can't speak. What did God say? No, no, no. I will give you the words. It's not your words. It's my words. We still have it. This is just electronic form. <laughs> it's the Bible. We have God's word. And anybody who is giving God's word, that's what they're using. You know, it's a divine message that he's given us. Same thing. He calls us, and we'll see that next week, because, you know, a hireling, one who's not devoted to keeping the sheep, when the wolf comes, he runs. Well, I'm not going to stand up and say, that's wrong. They'll fire me. Isn't that right? I mean, that's what goes on a lot of times. Preacher, okay, that's next week. He was called by God and was given his content by God's message. And he gave God's message, and that was God's man. You know, here's what happens. When people fall out with God, they fall out with God's man. Go back and look at Moses. You know, they're sinning, and man, they're mad as fire, and they fall out with God. They show up at God's, they show up at Moses' tent and give him a fish eye stare and say, We want some meat. We tired of these leeks and onions and all this stuff. We want to go back to Egypt and we want some meat. Why? They were mad at God, so they took it out on God's man. Who, that's who Moses was. So God said, okay, they want some meat. I'll give them some. Go read that story. Go read that story. Did he give them some? Oh, yeah, until they barfed it and died from it, some of them. Yeah. Look in Jeremiah. Jeremiah, bless his heart. I don't want, I bet Joel Gregory never reads Jeremiah. There was no Friday in Jeremiah's 40 years of ministry. You know, every day's a Friday. Never. For 40 years, you know what he preached? Judgment is coming from the north. They said, there's nothing in the north. He said, oh yeah, Babylon's down there. It just ain't all, hasn't arisen all yet. It's coming. God would never use those pagans to judge us. He said, oh yeah, it's coming. They hated him. It says, then the Lord said unto me, the preachers preach lies. How about that? Oh, God loves everybody. You just make your choice. Just live as ungodly as you want to because Jesus loves us anyway. It's all going to be all right. That's what we're hearing now, right? Same thing. He prophesies lies in my name. Well, God said it was all right. He told me specifically it's all right. You can choose whatever gender you want to. That's what they're pushing out there now, you know, preachers. You're talking about ungodly. In my name, false prophets, prophesy in my name. Remember what Jesus said a while ago? Oh, we did all these things. He said, I don't know who you are. We did all this in your name. I don't know who you are. <laughs> you ain't from my fold. They wear the garment of God. That's going to be interesting. We'll see this next week. Whenever... John the Baptist shows up. What was he wearing? He was wearing the prophet's garb. The prophet's garb was not a three-piece pinstripe suit. What did it do? It separated him from the norm. God's man was going to be different, and that's how he showed up. In the Old Testament, we'll see how 
uh, next week. In the Old Testament, some of the false prophets would go out there and get them the kind of garb that an Old Testament prophet would wear, and they would make sure they went and bought that and put it on so that everybody would listen to him. Well, he's got to be a prophet. My goodness, he's wearing a, a prophet's suit. It'd be like today. Well, not today, but a lot of days in our, in our lifetime, it was, my goodness, you can't be a preacher. You're not on, you don't have on a suit, right? Remember that? Not that long ago. <laughs> a real close. Do you see what he's wearing? Some of you were at another church one day when I wore blue jeans one Sunday. Because um, I'd been in the hospital with Debbie and Meredith and, you know, that's, I had on a new pair of blue jeans. How about that? I never wore holy blue jeans. Not in public. I wore them on the farm. And uh, one of the deacons went to somebody and said, did you see? He had on blue jeans. I had on a coat and tie, but I had on blue jeans. Well, my goodness, he can't do that. That's what we're talking about. See, that was their same mentality. Oh, he's got to be a prophet because he's got on the, the prophet's garb. You know, it was wool. It was that outcast-looking thing. It wasn't the norm. Basically, it was a picture to say, he's not, society's not running him. Got it? See how that works? He, he's not going along with society. You know, if you look at a lot of these churches nowadays, all the preachers wear the same thing. You've got to have a black long sleeve shirt or you can't preach. Isn't that right? And most of them now you've got to have a beard. Well, I had a beard before all that came about. Well, this ain't even a beard, but this, you see what I mean. And, and that's it. This kind of follow fast. That's exactly what's going on. We'll see it next week. They wear the garment of God. They say they represent God. They say they speak God's word, and they're lying. That's what he says. He said, God said, I didn't send them. No. And I didn't tell them what to say either. And I didn't, I never spoke to them. They're not from my camp. Oh, no. But it was going on just like it is today. I mean, it's all over the place. You can turn on the television, and it doesn't take but just a second. You say, what? How are they, how are they on television? Why? Because let's get to that verse. Jeremiah says, they prophesy falsely, and my people love to hear it. Why does Creflo Dollar have all those people listening to him on Sunday morning? Because that's what they want. They want somebody to tell them, oh, just live for Jesus, and you'll have all you need. You'll have a Mercedes Benz like me. You can do this, and you can do this. It says there in the Old Testament, the prophets are lying, but that's what the people want. They don't want anybody to tell them the truth. They don't want anybody to tell them the way you're living is ungodly and you need to repent. Oh, no, no, no. They want somebody to tell them, well, you just do whatever you want to do because Jesus loves you. He does love you, but he's going to change you. <laughs> That's what it says. This is not a brand new concept. <laughs> Did the preachers lie? Surely. Intentionally. Why? You start telling people the truth and they say, I don't want to hear that. So they don't come back. I mean, that's just the way it goes, right? That's exactly what it was, Jeremiah. <laughs> the prophet says, I have seen also in the prophets of Jerusalem. That would be in the headquarters. That'd be like for Baptist Nashville. Surely no sins in Nashville, right? Hello? If you're not a Baptist, you wouldn't understand that statement. <laughs> or for, I don't know, where's the Presbyterian headquarters? Or the Methodist headquarters? I don't know. Do, do they have one? You know, kind of where they all come out of. Anybody? You don't admit that you know any one of those? That's all right. I don't, that's no problem. I don't know where it is. I just know 
you know, Nashville is kind of the center of Southern Baptists. Surely everybody working in Nashville is straight. No, they're not. They're not. And I'm a Baptist, but they're not, okay? I have seen also in the prophets of Jerusalem a horrible thing. They commit adultery. There's a lot of different kinds of adultery. And walk in lies. <laughs> they strengthen also the hands of evildoers. Oh, well, it's okay to lie. Preachers tell somebody, oh, it, as long as you're doing this, it's okay if you lie. You see, what, that's, what, that's what it means. Strengthen them. That none of them turn from their wickedness. As long as you tell them that's all right, they're going to keep coming back and hear that. If you never confront them, they'll never get out of their wickedness. That's what he's saying. Their preaching didn't do any good whatsoever because it was all lies. And it made everybody feel good about themselves. Isn't that what we want? Well, you know, like my, he's almost like a cousin. I worked with him for a pretty good while while I was a young guy. He was alcoholic, bless his heart. But he was kin, you know. Ken is tough sometimes, aren't they? Finally, he left our area, and he's still an alcoholic. And uh, I saw him one time years later, actually at Mama's funeral. He was visiting. He said, you know, I, and, and he knew better because his grandmom and granddaddy raised him, and they taught him right, biblically right, okay? It's not like he didn't know. Most of the time, it's not like we don't know. We just don't want to do it. Ain't that right? And he told me, he said, you know, I found a church just for me. I said, Chucky, what is that? He said, it's okay to drink and they don't talk about hell. I said, there you go. That's what you wanted, ain't it? That's it. I said, that's, that's going to lead you right to hell. But he's satisfied. That's what we want. We'll find somewhere that's got somebody's name about Jesus or some preacher that okays what we want to do and everything's okay. Isn't that right? And get somebody to sign off on it. They're standing at the gate. They're a false prophet, and they're leading you right down that damnation road, and that's where it's going to end up. But it doesn't say hell on top of it now. Oh, it sounds good right now. Oh, yeah, Jesus loves me, and that's where he's going to take me, and all this is going to be all right. That's what it looks like. That's the, that's the thing, remember. It doesn't say hell up on top of it. It says heaven up on top of it, but it's not leading there. That's why I said you must be careful. You have to be careful. Because what? Our heart is deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? We will fool our own selves. That's what Jeremiah says in chapter 17, right? Our heart is deceitfully wicked. That's why we need somebody around us, because we'll fool ourselves and try to justify what we're doing. We need somebody who cares enough about us, just comes outside and says, whoa, wait a minute, what's going on here? That's what the preacher's role is supposed to be, to help us. You know, because guess what? Before I beat all y'all up, I done beat myself up all the week. Ain't that right? I mean, you said, well, why are you talking to me? I'm talking to me first. You know, I done hash it out all the week. You think, it ain't, <laughs> you think I don't know what it is about in my own life? Same thing. I might not have every problem that you have, but I have my own. <laughs> it ain't like I don't have any. Eh? That's right. Anyway, we got to stop. Well, this is not exactly positive. Yes, it is. Before it's too late, you can see it. That's a great thing. Before the gate is closed, you can see it. And you can start paying attention if you haven't been. 
And you can make the right choice. Boy, I want to make sure we don't follow the wrong place. Because I don't want to end up where the funnel gets tight. <laughs> I want to I start in a tight place, and I want to get where it opens up wide in eternity. That's our goal, right? Thank the Lord God loves us. And loves us so much that Jesus died for us. And gave us all the guidelines we need in his word so that we can discern this falseness and we can avoid it and live pleasing to him. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you that you are merciful. You know all of us. You know what's going on in our mind, where our lives are messed up. You know where changes need to be made. Lord, help us. Just send your Holy Spirit convicting power upon us. Send someone to us that would hold us accountable to encourage us, to help us, to analyze these things in our life and make a change to your glory and to our eternal destiny. Thank you for your mercy in Jesus' name. Amen.